It's a good morning to be together. Um, my passion for being here, I was just so happy to come here today. I thought, man, I'm, I uh, lots of great hugs and, um, you know, I just have such a deep, undeniable passion for God. And whether you're here for the first time or you're here all the time, you know that I'm just nuts about Jesus and about church. Uh, I was going to tell you, I told Kim this morning, that this is, I don't know if this you know, makes you crazy thinking about stuff like this, but this is my 600th Sunday at Peak and First Nazarene. Isn't that pretty awesome? Kim said, Kim said, why do you think of stuff like that? I said, I don't know. It's just my brain works. I you know, just add all that up, you know, because it's, it's not as easy as like 52 times like 11. It takes 11 and a half years to get to 600. Uh, so that's a, that's, that's a long time. And, uh, and we still got lots to do. So I'm really excited about that. But I love being here. Um, you know, people ask me, some of my friends, you know, when's the honeymoon going to be over at Pekin? I said, well... Here's how I think about it. You know, as far as my marriage, uh, the honeymoon was great, but really nothing compares to 33 years of victories and tears and a union together with me and Kim. I mean, the honeymoon was fine, but I don't think about that very often. It's the marriage. It's the walk together. And that's what we're doing. We're not on a honeymoon. We're just living for the Lord. We're just being the church who we need to be uh, in this community and where we are. And man, you should, it, that, that should get you up every Sunday. You don't have to work to come to church because we're going somewhere and we're doing something together, right? Uh, that's who we are and that's what we're about. And so uh, I love you and I love our friendship and I love what Christ is giving us a chance to be a part of in this union that we have. Uh, the kind of the premise of what I'm talking to you about this morning is what is what is the basis? How do we know that God is this blessing that he wants to pour out on us? You know, if you want the blessing of God in your life, in our church, if you want the power of God to work in your life, if you want the anointing of God to work through your life, you, you, you have to build it on something. You have to build it on the right things. Uh, I, I talk about these three things all the time. One is integrity, humility, and generosity. I think God's blessings are connected to those three things. The integrity in which I live my life for him, the humility over against pride. You know, because these three things, they help us avoid the traps that we end up in. Integrity over against dishonesty and having our own agenda. Uh, humility over against pride and living for ourselves and generosity. Uh, so those are kind of the focus of what we're talking about today. And I'm just talking really about one of them, which is uh, generosity. You know, the Bible gives us really thousands of promises. They are sort of like blank checks that God writes to you that if you do this, I'll do that. You know, when you look at the promises of God, and I hope that you read them often, you know, there's, with, with every promise, there's a premise, a promise and a premise. Basically, God says... If you, if you follow this condition, if you do this, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I want to bless your life. Um, you know, there are promises for success and promises for satisfaction, promises for fulfillment. Um, but, you know, one of the key things that I believe that God offers promises about is related to our generosity, our generosity. Promises related to generosity really more List more in the Bible than any other topic. I mean, and it's not just talking about money. He's talking about being generous with your time, 
being generous with your energy, being generous with praise, being generous with your talents, being generous in every area of your life because he's trying to make you an unselfish person. He doesn't want you focused on yourself. He's giving you promises. So what, what, what is generosity? Um, why is God so interested in generosity? Well, he's interested in you learning how to be generous, and so he offers all kind of rewards and promises for that. The, the, really, the answer is that generosity is love put into action. Love put into to action. You know, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. When you love, you're, you're going to give. If I tell my wife that I love her, but I'm never generous to her, then she's not going to believe me. That's more that marital advice I'll keep trying to give you. Of it. Uh, you know, if I'm not generous with my kids, you know, they might wonder about the level of my love for them because love gives. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave. He says generosity is this expression of love in action. So if I'm not a generous person, maybe I'm not really as loving as I might think uh, that I am. Uh, so, you know, when you, you know, I do all these word studies and, you know, the word believe is in the Bible like 272 times. That seems like a lot. Uh, the word pray, really important Bible word, 371 times. The word love is in the Bible. I mean, that's a pretty important topic, right? It's in the Bible 714 times. But the word give is focused on generosity 2,152. I mean, that is massive. That's like three times more than any of those other words that I gave you. I mean, God is saying if, you know, recognizing that if God was not generous, you'd have nothing. Right? If God was not generous, you'd have nothing. Your heart would stop beating right now. You wouldn't have clean air to breathe or sunshine or mind to think with or everything in your life is a gift from God. And even the ability to earn and work is a gift from God. So today is Tithe Commitment Sunday. And we're talking about generosity. Now some of you are thinking, why did I come to church? No, hang on. Uh, Really important topic today. I have some people that are going to help me. Uh, they're going to all make their way here. Um, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to hear some testimony, and then we're going to talk about like 10 things uh, that we're really going to zoom through, uh, and then I'm going to bring you to, together at the end about some, uh, some commitments that, that, we, that we make together. Now, our, our, our testimonies today are from uh, Brittany Sherwood, and this is uh, Sue Chase, and Diane and Dwayne Wilson and Brad and Lynn Curlis. Uh, so uh, I've asked them to basically answer the question, uh, why do they tithe? Why do they have this conviction about uh, giving? And so I'll give you a little more uh, detail as we go along. We're going to start with Brittany Sherwood. Now, she cannot be here today, but we videotaped her. So uh, here's Brittany. Sherwood and this past year has brought a lot of changes to my life. I graduated in May from Olivet Nazarene University with a bachelor's in business and a minor in mathematics. Um, I started my first job in the real world at Pekin Insurance as a business analyst in the model office department. I moved into my first apartment on my own in November. 
Um, I started paying utilities, and that helped me quickly realize that I didn't necessarily need cable or need to keep my heat on 72 degrees or take such long, hot showers. Um, I officially gained ownership of my first car. I got my own renters, automobile, health, and dental insurance. I started contributing to my 401k account and um, started saving to eventually, hopefully, own my own house one day. And just to add some fun to the mix, I adopted a fat cat named Trevor to keep me company. I went from paying for nearly nothing on my own to nearly everything on my own very quickly. And it became really easy to feel overwhelmed by the bills that would pile up at the end of each month. I sort of vented to a friend about this recently, and he asked me to tell him about how I was spending my money to see if he could kind of help me rearrange and feel more at ease. So I recited from the budget that I created for myself, and that included tithing as my first step after receiving a paycheck every two weeks. He lit up and he said, well, there you go right there. You can cut out tithing and have an extra 10% for yourself every two weeks. Um, you can throw a 20 in the offering every now and then instead. I hope I'm not the only one in the audience who ties today that has had that exact thought run through their mind. Um, there are times that it would definitely be a lot easier to have a little extra money. Fortunately, I have Jesus in my ear in those times of doubt to remind me why tithing is so important. I was able to tell my friend why tithing was actually really the only field in my budget that was set in stone, and that was simply because God's asked me to, without fail and without excuses. Every blessing I have received this past year is from God, and although I may not have mastered the giving joyfully part completely yet, <laughs> um, I know without a doubt that all I have belongs to him, and there's no reason to have a tight fist when it comes to the Lord. The end of each month may be a stressful time for me as I figure out how to pay for everything I'm responsible for now. But it's worth giving to God and seeing how he uses all of our ties together to better the community and our church. So great. Don't you appreciate Brittany? She might be watching live stream for us there. Okay, guys, come over here. Um, these guys, uh, same question. I wanted, uh, this is through Chase. I asked her and Ben uh, to share with us today because they've been working on this together. And uh, Ben had to be out of town, so Sue was so willing. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Okay. So why do we tithe? Ben and I put God first in everything that we do, and tithing is one of the ways we do that. We see tithing as a privilege and not as a burden. We are giving back to God what is already his. However, that wasn't always the case. When we wrote out our weekly check, if we wrote out our weekly check, it was merely out of habit and usually on pay week. That all changed about five years ago when we sat down and were honest with ourselves and that we were not putting God first in everything. With the help of a financial course, we were able to get ourselves out of debt. As a result, not only did we cheerfully write out our check, our tithing check each week, but we were able to increase the amount. That's an awesome feeling. I will never understand God's math, but he has blessed us beyond measure. So why do Ben and Sue Chase tithe? We tithe out of love for our Lord and a desire to see his kingdom advance. Fantastic. So good. Thank you. You notice, uh, yeah, she talked about her struggles. You know, we all struggle and the devil loves to create doubts for us. But thank you so much for being obedient to him. Awesome what he's doing in your life and the blessings you're receiving Absolutely. from all that. Absolutely. Fantastic. Sue Chase, thank you. This is uh, Lynn and Brad Curlis. Uh, they're going to share. One of the reasons that I asked them 
was that they are consistent online givers. Uh, and so that's a, you know, that's a, been a, something that's really been a tremendous blessing to us, how, how God has helped us. But I'll come back to that topic a little later. But uh, tell us about, about you guys. Um, we have been tithing more, I would say, in the last few years than we ever have before, um, other churches we've gone to. And there are various reasons why we tithe. Um, the first one, and Pastor already said it, is that it all belongs to God anyway. So I'm aware every day that everything I am and everything I have is from him and is a gift that he gave me and is entrusted to me by him to use as he will. So it belongs to him regardless. Um, we also know that this church means a lot to us and it's changed our lives and our relationship with God and funding helps support this place that we get so much back from. So it's very easy to want to give to something that really excites you and that you love and care about so much. We give to our children before ourselves because we love them so much and we love this church the same way. Um, and we also feel like God is asking us to advance his kingdom to bring other people close to him. And we see all the different works that this church does. We take part in those. We do turkey giveaway and we bring our children to show them. It's not just about giving money, but your time as well, that we're present and visible, that we have a heart that cares and we're showing that to other people. But the money that we give helps support all those efforts and we reach different people that way. And so tithing is extremely simple because we know how much we feel back from it. And we're lady to online tithing. That's his department. <laughs> yes. So she's kind of the saver in our family, but I manage the finances. Um, I guess it works. That's just sort of how it fell into place for us. Um, but aside from the technical aspect, which um, is really intriguing to me, but um, giving online, it, it keeps us honest. I mean, there's always an excuse. Oh, I don't have the cash or I forgot to write a check on my way to church. So we just plan for that every month. We, we've set up the amount. We've agreed on the amount. And, and every month it just comes, you know, I mean, it's just sort of like your, your utility bills or something that you're, you're planning in your budget. Um, you know, we, we agreed on that amount, and, and the way that the, the push pay works is it sends you an email and it um, advises you or just kind of gives you that um, reminder that, that that amount is going to come out, and I, I think it's a couple days. Um, so you can, you can plan, and I mean, we can adjust the amount if it's, um, you know, maybe we feel like we're going to give more that month because um, things have worked out for us financially. You can go in and make the adjustments online if you need to, or you can just you can keep the amount set the way it is. But it's it, it really just just keep us honest. I love Brad's phrase. He said he didn't say it, but I'll say it. He said, "Set it and forget it." Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. Awesome. Thank you, Brad and Lynn Curlis. This is Dwayne and Diana Wilson. Um, ask them to share because. Uh, you know, and they have walked through various seasons of their life. They've been here a long time, been incredibly faithful uh, servants in this church. I mean, we just never even be where we are without them and families like them. Uh, but things change for them. You know, the, their work life has changed now to retirement, and yet they continue to be so faithful in giving. So I want you to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it, uh, it's been uh, it's quite a journey. Um, Tithing has helped us as Christians to grow in our faith and, and, grow, uh, and grow our marriage and our trust in God. Uh, we were married several years and had two kids before we became Christians. And um, we didn't know anything about 
church or have to give regularly, let alone 10%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, we were young, two kids living paycheck to paycheck, and uh, we're looking at each other like, how are we going to afford 10%? I mean, we, we don't have it. it. It's not there. So we got together, and we, it's a we thing, uh, as, a, as, a, as a couple, we started giving what we could afford, and as things progressed, uh, it wasn't long before the 10% was there. Uh, some, some weeks, some bi-weeks, some half, got paid every two weeks, so some weeks, like, okay, we'll just have to eat what's in the refrigerator or what's in the freezer this week, and we'll make adjustments as, as we need to, and that's just, that's just what, what it was. Um, our priorities changed because they needed to. And one of those priorities was a tithe and was offerings and giving to missions. Uh, all, all, all those things just kind of uh, just kind of grew up and along with, we'll talk later, uh, we have the same Bible verse, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, he healed our marriage and uh, he healed our lives. Praise God. It wasn't always easy for us to tithe, but we learned early on, one of the first things we learned was that God owned everything. Uh, we were so blessed by him. He, uh, he's never failed us. Um, like he said, our priorities changed. Uh, we figured out what we, really, what we really needed, not necessarily what we wanted, and the same went for our kids. And I, we, one of the main examples was, you know, we wanted to be better parents. We wanted our kids um, to grow up in a Christian home and to know how. Um, to live a Christian life and to love and appreciate the Lord for um, who he is and uh, for what he's done for us. And um, we serve a great big God, and uh, he, uh, we want the best um, for him and for his kingdom. Um, we want to be able to, we know that our offerings um, help our church to serve our community. And our church doesn't just serve our community. Our church is a wild, worldwide organization. Um, and just to see what um, what our church does around the world is such a huge blessing, and we want to be a part of that. Um, in 1 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, Each should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and that's what we want to be. Amen. That's awesome. Dwayne, you got more? Oh, okay. Just one more, one more, one more. Malachi 3.10. Uh, woke up this morning thinking, we got to find two Bible verses on tithing, two Bible verses. 34 times it mentions tithe, it does. which is great. Um, so Malachi 3.10. You're going to hear more about this later. But bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there is, will not be enough room to store it. That's not just a verse, right? You're testifying to that, right? That he poured out floodgates. Praise God. This is the Wilsons, Curlis's, Sue Chase, Brittany Sherwood. Thank you all so much for helping me. Fantastic. All right, so we're talking about generosity. You see those examples. Uh, now let's see what the scripture has to say uh, for us. Now on... Uh, on your outline, you, you probably need it out. It'll be on the screen as well. But there are verses uh, that go along with these. So I just want to highlight the, these 10 things, and I want you to say the verses with me. So you've got to be ready. So if I say, 
ready, and I say, listen, I mean, excuse me, I say, ready, then we're going to read the verse, all right? So you hang with me, and let's uh, put these words into our mouth and into our heart as we think about uh, tithing and generous giving. Now, that's the, that's the concept I want to talk about today. They talked about tithing. They mentioned uh, giving as well. So this, this sense of generous giving. Uh, tithing focused on 10%, but being a person that is filled uh, with generosity. So number one, tithing and generous giving honors God. Tithing and generous giving honors God. Giving is an act of worship. It's a recognition that everything that I have is a gift from God. So the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, ready? You will be glorifying God through your generous gifts. Your generosity will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Wow, what a verse to start with. Uh, he's reminding us of this generosity that is a, an expression, a demonstration that I am being obedient to what Christ has come to do. So I'm not just receiving spiritual blessings. I'm honoring God. I'm expressing my faithfulness to Him. Now, Proverbs 14, uh, 31. Ready? Whoever is generous... To the needy honors God. Whoever is generous to the needy um, means giving to the poor, helping those in need around us, uh, you know, just looking for places and ways to serve. You know, I hope coming to this church changes your vision, changes how you look at things, changes the way that you look at the people that you work with and that you're around because you start seeing that I can be a generous person to be helping those around me. I look at things differently than just being hard-hearted and kind of just filled with, uh, you know, being satirical about everything, you know, but just really realizing God wants to use me, honoring God by caring about those others that are around us. Generosity honors God. Number two, genero tithing and genero generous giving draws me closer to God, draws me closer to God. Why? Because whatever I invest in, I'm interested in. If I, if I invest my time in something, if I invest my money in something, I invest my energy in something, whether it's a, a hobby or something that you like to do or some business, whatever you invest yourself, your time and money in shows what's important to you, right? I mean, you can tell what your kids care about because that's what they're spending their time doing, talking about, thinking about. God looks at you the same way and says, I can clearly tell where your interest is. Well, you, you know, it doesn't matter what you tell the pastor. You know, he, he just looked at me and he said, 10%, are you kidding? You know, he should have said, 10%, are you kidding? No, it wasn't to me. I didn't come up with that. That's his desire. So he wants to know, what are you interested in? What are you willing to, to invest in? Uh, a couple of verses here. Uh, Deuteronomy 14, 23, the last part of that. This is an incredible verse. Ready? The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your lives. He wants us to put him first. We put him first in our income, in our, uh, our worship. We gather here on the first day of the week. The beginning of our week is this morning, uh, right now. The beginning of your week is not Monday. Uh, you know, you don't want that to be the first day. You got you to do something. That's why many of you say, man, my whole week is messed up if I miss church. If I miss worship, it, it kind of messes with your week you, uh, because you're giving God the first of everything about it. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6, 
21. Ready? Your heart will be wherever your treasure is. Wherever you put your money, that's where your heart's going to be. So if you want to be closer to God, uh, we uh, recognize generosity. So generosity changes uh, who I am. It draws me closer to Christ uh, who gave and sacrificed for us. The Bible says that we've been saved because of the generosity of God, uh, because of the generosity of Jesus Christ. So every time you give your time, your service, your energy, your money, anything, you become more like God, who is the original giver. Every time you give, your heart gets bigger. Every time you give, you become more like Christ. Proverbs 21, 26 uh, reminds us. Ready? The greedy always want more, but the godly love to give. There you go. You, you see that kind of that premise and promise. He's saying if you uh, if you want uh, if you want God, you want godliness in your life. The godly have learned to give, and the more godly you become, the more generous you are. You saw that in our examples here. Uh, they all had to work through the process, and they became more and more generous. Uh, you know, I, God gave them not just more money, he helped them to manage things and bless them so that they could, they could honor God. So the more godly you are, the more generous you'll be. And the more generous you are, the more godly uh, you will be. Uh, it reminds me of um, this guy named Bob. Uh, Bob uh, had a four-year-old. And so one of the things they love to do is that they love to go to McDonald's because his little boy, four years old, loved French fries. And so they would, they would go to McDonald's. And uh, so one day he, he goes there, he pulls in the lot, they go in, and he buys his son some French fries. And he takes them over to him, sits him down, and he gives him uh, gives his son these French fries. They're all laying out. And Bob is sitting across from his son, watching him enjoy the French fries. And they smelled so good. Um, he, and he reached over, and he took one of his son's fries, and he put it in his mouth. And his son said, Dad, you can't have any. These are my fries. So Bob begins to think. Now, number one, he realized that his child had forgotten that Bob was the source of all fries. <laughs> he was the source of fries. He would have had no fries if it weren't for him. He, he bought them. He brought him there. He drove him. He sat him down. He bought the fries. He paid for the fries. He handed over the fries. And he would have no fries if it weren't for his father. The only reason he got them was because of him. second thing he thought was that his child didn't realize that he could take all his fries away anytime he wanted. He could just take them away. No more fries. You can't have fries before supper. Mom would not be here. No more fries. Uh, he could take them away just like that. On the other hand, if he wanted to, he could go buy him a truckload of fries. He could bury him in fries if he wanted. He was totally in charge. The boy was not. Dad was. And the last thing was, he realized that as a dad, he really didn't need his fries. I mean, if he wanted fries, he could have walked up there and bought himself some. I mean, he had plenty of money. If he, he could have bought himself some fries, for sure. Uh, he could easily get his own. But what he wanted his son to learn was to be unselfish, how to share, how to give of himself. See, that's the same, that's what God's up to, right? 
He's trying to teach us generosity. God does not need your money. You know, God, he, he doesn't need, that doesn't mean you don't have to give, you know. People get worried I say stuff like that. No, God doesn't need, he doesn't need our money. I mean, he's going to provide. Whatever he asks us to do, he's going to provide the money. Uh, you know, it, it, that, the money you have, the resources that you have, all the stuff that you've been given, you know, somebody else owned that stuff before you. And somebody else will own it after you. It's just on loan to you for a little while right here. I mean, he loaned it to you for a few years because he is the source of all fries. It's not in the Bible. but <laughs> I mean, everything you have in your life, if God didn't love you, if God wasn't generous to you, you'd have nothing, nada. He could take it away in an instant. Or he could give you ten times what he's given you. He could bury you in what he wants to offer you. He wants you to learn to be generous. To be a generous giver. To be unselfish. God is generous. He wants you to be generous. Honors God. Draws us closer to him. Number three. Number three is tithing and generous giving breaks the spirit of materialism. Some of you are saying, he didn't make my line long enough here. Uh, breaks the spirit of materialism. I mean, it's the cure, right? Generosity is the cure. Materialism is all about getting. Get, 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 accumulate, get all you can, get all you can and keep all you can. And materialism is about taking in and acquiring and hoarding and I've got to have more and more and more and the antidote the only antidote to materialism is generosity it's the only thing that will break it in you you may say well I'm not, I'm not materialistic well I'm telling you if you're not generous you're materialistic if you're if you're your focus you maybe you're trying but it breaks the spirit of materialism in your life and you can stop being a materialist and not have to uh, just take all that listen to what Jesus says um, we're going to read it together it is Matthew 6:24 ready you cannot serve both God and money do you notice the word there cannot you cannot serve God it doesn't say you should not serve God in money. It says you cannot. It's impossible. You don't have two gods in your life. Uh, you have to decide what's more important, being rich or serving God. Being wealthy or serving God. That, that doesn't mean that you can't have wealth and, a, and God's wanting to bless us, but he's looking at your heart, your generosity. So we got this, you know, just consumer-driven uh, culture. I mean, you know, Satan's got these tools. Um, they're called commercials, ads, billboards. It, it's everywhere. I mean, those of you, I know y'all love Facebook. You know, you get on Facebook, and there's that thing you were researching to look up you were thinking about buying. There it is right there. Right? They're after you. Satan wants you to be a materialist, and God wants you to be generous. That's what he asked you. Um, you know, we get messed up with our thinking, like that my, you know, your, your values are not your valuables. Your self-worth, your net worth is not the same as your self-worth. There's a big difference. So we get bombarded by that. 
First uh, Timothy six seventeen to nineteen. It says this. Ready? Command those who are rich in this present world. Could we stop right there? Command the. You know who that is? Would you just raise your hand? Raise your hand right now, because you're rich compared to the rest of the world. Everybody in this room is rich, right? So don't, don't get, you know, worried about labeling somebody, you know, you know somewhere, somehow that has all this. That's not who he's talking to. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. Start over. Ready? Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will take hold of the life that is true life. Man, don't you love that verse? Uh, Such an encouragement to it. You want true life? Let this break that spirit of materialism, consumerism, and be a person of generosity. Number four. Number four is tithing and generous giving demonstrates my faith. It demonstrates my faith. Every time you give, it demonstrates your faith in God. It demonstrates that you're trusting in the promises of God. It shows what you believe. It shows that you believe that God will take care of you, take care of your family, take care of your needs if you obey him. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13. Ready? Your giving proves the reality of your faith. Your giving proves that reality. Philemon 1.6. You probably haven't been in Philemon lately, but that's it's a good one. Uh, Philemon 1.6. Ready? You are generous because of your faith. You are generous, he says, because of your faith. Uh, he's encouraging us. He's reminding us that uh, stinginess is caused by unbelief. Stinginess is caused by unbelief. I don't really believe that God will take care of me. I can't do that because I'm not sure. I don't believe that if I give this way, I'll end up with enough for myself. That's a worry. That's an anxiety. That's a fear. That's an unbelief. So stinginess is caused by unbelief. That's a good little one-liner for you right there. Kind of remember that when you're teaching your kids. It's about generosity. It's about helping them to break that spirit by putting our trust in God. So your generosity, you're generous because of your faith. Now, the verse that Dwayne mentioned earlier gives this focus on the tithe. And it's from Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Say it together. Ready? Bring your whole tithe to my storehouse. Test me in this. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have room enough for it. That's right. See, you can't even dig a big big enough garage to hold all that he wants to offer to you. He says, tithe. Give the the 10%. uh, Recognizing what he wants to do. And this is like the, the taste test verse of the Bible, right? He says, test me in it the only place he ever says anything like that test me in this uh you know so recognizing that there's all these different ways that you might say that god can be proven but he says i will prove my existence as you are a generous person and as i pour out my blessings upon you uh so the bible says that that's the way to prove that god is present that it demonstrates uh my faith uh number uh number five tithing and generous giving 
reveals my character. Reveals my character. Now, you notice all of these have like this active verb in it, right? Honors God, draws me closer to God, breaks the spirit of materialism, demonstrates my faith, reveals my character. In other words, he's saying, what, what kind of heart do you have? How can God tell uh, not just the words that you say, but what your heart is saying? Do you have a selfish heart or do you have an unselfish heart? Do you have a generous heart or do you have a stingy heart? Giving generosity... Learning to be a generous person shows what kind of heart you have. The Bible says that God uses money to test what's inside you. Money tests what's going on. Now, you thought that was a CAT scan, but it's God testing your, your heart. See, what's inside? He uses money to test to see if you will trust him more. He's using it to see if you'll be faithful in little, little things so that he can give you more. That if you're faithful with stuff that is not even your own. It's been loaned to you. He said, if you'll be faithful with what I've given you here, then I'm going to give you greater blessings in eternity. So he's looking in to, see, to test what you're like on the inside. Uh, the, the verse from Luke 16, 11, Jesus covers this. Notice what he says. Ready? If you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? What's the answer to that question? Nobody! If you're not trustworthy in what you get here on loan from God, is He going to pour out more blessing on you in eternity? It's going to be limited, and it's up to you. The cup size is up to you. You give Him a little, He's going to give you a little. You give Him kind of a medium, He's going to give you meat. You give him a bucket full, you express generosity to God, he's going to pour out eternal blessings on you. Remember I said that about the promise? There's premise and there's promise. Here's the condition. If you do that, here's how I'm going to bless you. Here's how I'm going to help you. You know, you're not going to find that in your will, I'm telling you that. It's in the Word of God. Here's what he wants to do for you. He offers us these promises. I've got to get on with this. Uh, number... Number six, um, tithing and generous giving brings God's blessings. Now, we've been talking about that over and over here. Um, Proverbs 22, 9, ready? Generous people will be blessed. Generous people will be blessed. He says he's, God is wanting to pour out. So the more time you give away, God blesses you. Uh, your more talent, the more treasure that you offer to him. You either believe that or not. God uh, blesses generous people. And God said it, and it's absolutely true. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 10. Ready? Give generously. Then, because of this, God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Woo! You want, to see, you want God to bless what you put your hand to? The things you're interested in, the things you're working on, the business that you have. You want God's blessing? He says it's on the basis of giving generously. You give generously, and God says, I'm going, I'm going to bless you. You want God to bless everything in your life? That's one of the promises of God. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 and 8. Ready? God loves the ones who give gladly. And God will make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more 
so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Man, that, if that's the only verse we had in the Bible, if you had, it's the only one you had, that'd be enough, right? That right there. He says, whatever your need is, I'm going to meet your need. Did you know that it's the truth that 90% of your resources goes further if you give 10% to God than 100% on your own? You believe that? I know a bunch of you in here believe that. Uh, because, see, he, he, he owns everything. Man, you, you, you get your mindset that I'm going to hold on to this a little tighter, then, oh, man, everything happens to you. You know, he, he gets his 10% one way or the other. Right? That's how it works. He's in charge. He owns all the fries, right? He got it, he's got it all. Every, it brings God's blessings to us as he pours out his, his, his love on, our, uh, on us as we give uh, generously to him. Uh, one more. Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus said, ready? There is more joy in giving than in receiving. I know you tried to teach your kids that. You know, when I was a kid, I have to admit, what I cared about at Christmas was what I got. Right? What's the present? You know, I got my list. How, how well did we do? And, uh, you know, as a child, all joy comes from the presents that you get. But something happened to me. You know, I was immature then, self-centered. Today, I'm a grandfather. Pretty good. You know, I care more today about the Christmas gifts I get to give than the ones I get to get. I love that. The joy comes in blessing somebody else, watching them unwrap this thing that I've been thinking about and getting ready for it. I know it's exactly what they wanted. You just can't, you can't hardly wait. Why? I grew up. I've got some maturity. I'm not self-centered anymore. It's stopped me from being just immature and self-focused. It's called maturity. Unfortunately, a lot of people never grow up and find the generosity spirit that God wants you to have. I mean, you can be 80 and still be all about yourself. Or you can learn to be generous. It brings God's blessing. Tithing and generous giving brings God's blessing. Number seven. Uh, seven, tithing and generous giving expands my influence. Expands my influence. Man, I love this one. Uh, influence comes not from what you get in your life, but from what you give. Influence doesn't come from what you attain. It comes from the way that you give of yourself. Influence comes in how you give away your life. The more you give away, the more influence you have. You know, there's a big difference between being famous and being influential. Just because you know somebody's name, a uh, celebrity, doesn't necessarily mean that they're having influence for something that is good. There are a lot of selfish people who have a lot of stuff that aren't really influencing for good. The Bible talks about this. Proverbs eleven twenty four. Ready? The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You know that verse was in the Bible? Generosity, things get bigger and bigger. Stinginess, smaller and smaller. He's reminding us about this generous spirit. Psalm 112, verse 9. Ready? Those who give generously to those in need will never be forgotten. They will have influence and honor. Woo! I like that. 
He's saying you won't be forgotten. What's legacy about? A legacy is directly connected to generosity because I want my heart to grow bigger and bigger. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to reflect godliness in my life. I want to be this person that is pleasing to God. Uh, You know, sometimes people will say, well, if I had more, Pastor, I would give more. I don't believe it for a minute. You know, if it, it's, not a, it's not a dollar issue. It's a heart issue. I'm going to give according to what is in my heart, recognizing who God wants me to be. It brings God's blessing. It expands my influence. Um, number eight, tithing and generous giving multiplies my money. Multiplies my money. Now, I'm sure Wall Street would not agree with this. But it's absolutely true. Generosity multiplies your money. God has worked it out in the universe in such a way that when I give 10% to God, that's called tithing, he makes the 90% go further than if I had 100% on my own. I know I already said that once, but I want to say it a couple of times so you make sure you get that. Here's what the Bible says. Uh, Proverbs 11:25. Ready? A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Oh, man, don't you, you, know, you come in here sometime and y'all, you know, some of you are kind of dragging like you're just tired out. You know, generosity, giving to others, honoring God, refreshes your soul. You know, you're going to walk out of here in just a minute and you're going to feel way better than when you came in here, right? We celebrate him, we worship him, we offer ourselves to him. Generosity uh, multiplies our money. Um, let's see, First Timothy 6, am I on the right one? Nope. Nope. 2 Corinthians 9.11. Ready? You will be enriched so that you can give even more generously. Uh, he's reminding us God multiplies our money. He, he, he has this system. Uh, somebody said we don't understand his math. You give to me and I'll give to you. And you give to others and I'll give to you. And we'll see who wins. You can't outgive God. You give to others and he blesses you. Generosity multiplies my money. Uh, number nine. Tithing and generous giving will be rewarded in heaven. Will be rewarded in heaven. Uh, here's what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 6, 18 and 19. Ready? Use your money to do good. Always being ready to share with others whatever God has given you. By doing this, you will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only safe investment for eternity. And they will be living a fruitful Christian life down here as well. Money is to be used, not people. You know, you can either, you can use money and uh, love people, or you can love money and use people. People say to me all the time, well, doesn't the Bible say that money is the root of all evil? Does not say that. It says that the love of money is the root of evil. Always doing good. You see those phrases like real treasure stored in heaven. The only safe investment. Living a fruitful Christian life. Because you can't take it with you. Uh, You're not going to have a U-Haul behind your hearse. You're not going to take that stuff with you. Uh, The scripture says, Jesus says, store up treasure in heaven. And you do that, we do that, by investing in people around us. Here's the words of Jesus. Luke 16, 9. Ready? I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. 
In this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. What is he talking about? Worldly resources, benefiting others, making friends. He's not saying go out and buy a bunch of friends with the resources you have. He's saying use your resources to build friendships with others so that they can come to know Christ. That they can see your generosity. And when you do that, you're going to be rewarded by God uh, in heaven. That's his desire, uh, to recognize that, to help us with that. Um, Number 10, tithing and generous giving makes all the difference at PFN. Makes all the difference at PFN. See, Jesus said, uh, Matthew 16, 18, ready? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. You know what? I never got a check that said Bank of Heaven. You know, they all have your bank. They're all from us. You know, nobody nobody comes in and says, Hey, I want you to start a church in Southside. Let's write you a check. (laughs) Nope. He asked us. Any one of the ministries that we have, he asked us. All the time, I'm sitting at a table with people and I... And I say, you know, if, we, if, if God is, if we're going to do it, God has to provide for it. That if we can't afford it, we're not going to do it, right? We have to be good stewards. And so we, we pray and we ask God. And if he meets the need, then we're able, we're able to do it together. Um, the last verse, 1 Corinthians 3.10 says, according, ready? according to the grace of God, which was given to me, like a wise builder, I laid a foundation and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. That's that's our plan there, is that somebody's been building way before us, and now you come along, and I get to be pastor, and I'm a 600 Sunday, and that's pretty good, but I'm just building on what's already there, what's already happening in the kingdom. And one of these days, I'll be gone, and most of you will be gone, and unless Jesus comes back, somebody will be building on us. Uh, that that's what we do. We are the people of generosity. We model that. See, God has been doing incredible things here, and I don't have enough time. I got to quit. But um, I just tell you, God's moving in a mighty way here. You know, you just look around at the the blessings that God is pouring out on this church. Um, you know, this this church has more than doubled in 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 the last this last decade. I mean. You go anywhere. You've you got to fly a lot of places to find a place that, that that's happening like that. Just incredible what God is doing here. He's just given us so many opportunities. I, you know, what, what we're doing related to kids is just fantastic, isn't it? I mean, uh, you, you, don't, you don't go down there very often, you know, maybe unless you've got a kid down there or a grandchild or whatever. But when you give to this church, man, you're helping kids find Christ. We're helping to build values. You know, we're partnering like with the Parsons right there. We're partnering. They got these three kids and we, we come alongside and say, we're with you. We're going to help you. We're going to give you ideas. We're going to give you support. We're going to give them opportunities to make decisions that they would never have a chance to make. And then you get to disciple them and walk with them. Man, what's better than that? How, how are you going to pay for that? You know, you got teenagers. I mean, we got, we got teenagers that are uh, serving God so faithful to God. We got Josh Parker here that is helping us. Um, so grateful for that, recognizing what's happening to our young people. Man, it's so important that we invest in these guys, right? 
I mean, we're not just talking about the 30 or 40 that are sitting in here. We're talking about another 100 kids that we need to be ministering to. And this guy's helping us to do that. And we're, we're not just paying his salary. We're supporting uh, ministry and helping to invest uh, in these kids. Man, we have, we have man church. Woo! We got man church. Why are we doing man church? Well, we're, we got somebody over here that we're supporting, that we're encouraging him, and we're helping to make a difference in the lives of men because if we affect the lives of men, we're going to affect families for generations to come. We got ministry to women. Uh, man, and then we went over to Southside. I'm just telling you, Southside's blowing up. I mean, you don't know it yet, but I'm going to be talking to you about stuff. I mean, I went somewhere Wednesday, and we're there, and this guy's so excited, he's coming along, and he says, hey, he said, I'm going to go... I'm going to get you a grant. Now, I haven't seen the check yet. So, you know, I got to But uh, he said, I'm pretty sure you're going to get $5,000. Just because I went down there, and we just went to this little expo they had. And, uh, and, and I could give you 10 other stories just like that uh, about what's happening, only because we opened our mouths and you were so generous. Now, here, here's my heart. Um, I really believe in what we're doing. And I believe in you. You can tell, can't you? I believe in you. You know, Irene comes in. Is Irene in here? I haven't seen her yet. Yeah, I heard her. There she is. Hey, Irene. Uh, Irene shows up here in October. And I, I told you, you know, I introduced Irene. And then I said, okay, we're going to raise Irene's salary. And she's like, what? Brian said, if you did that to me, I'd probably left. You know, right? uh, So yeah, we, didn't have it, we didn't have it all raised. And I said, don't worry, Irene. This is the way that God wants us to do this. This is way different than anything we've ever done. But I believe that this Sunday, next Sunday, these couple of Sundays, it's going to happen. And she's like, hmm. Happened, didn't it? First Sunday. That one day we raised the whole first year. That one day. You know why that is? I believe in us. I believe that God wants us to be generous. We have to figure out how to do that. I'm not taking advantage of it. I'm just telling you, I believe in what we're doing. That's why I've been here 600 Sundays and hopefully 600 more, right? We got work to do, but we have to do it together. We got to be generous. So today is Tithe Commitment Sunday because I think it's worthwhile for me to ask you at least once a year to make a new commitment. Maybe you're already incredibly faithful to God. Thank you so much from God, from us you're being so faithful, just let's continue on. Let's even ask him, how can I do, how can I do, how can I be even more generous? What does God want me to do? I'm not asking you for anything today. I don't have an amount or anything like that. I'm just saying thank you so much for being faithful. And if you're not a tither, maybe today is a, is a great day to start. You know, what, what happens here is that we, we, we set a budget and we do all this stuff. We got all these line items and all this stuff that we do. But, you know, we never budget more than we raised the year before. Like, we don't get pie in the sky and all that. If we raised it, then we feel like we can budget at it. And we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but every year for, like, eight years here, and my witness is these board members and these staff people here, every year, it's like, Fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars over that number we had. You know how that happens? People start tithing. God is blessing you, and you become more generous. So I got I got a bunch of stuff on my list, man. <laughs> I got a ton of stuff that we got to do, and we got to figure out, or at least we got to decide if we're going to do it. And the only, you know, if only if we only do what we've been doing, 
we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. If we're going to continue to expand the kingdom, expand our influence, then we have to have more people that come along with us. So that's why we have a Sunday like this. I ask you, give. Be generous. God's going to bless you for it. He wants you uh, to, be, to be generous, to give generously to him. So we're going to end right here. Uh, we have that last verse. Is it right there? We're going to say this together, all right? Thinking about giving, this is a benediction. And Cheryl's coming. You can come on up and get ready. Um, this is a benediction, but I'd like you to say this and receive this from God about your giving. You know this verse really well. Let's say it together. It's from number six. Ready? May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Wouldn't that be a great way for you to think about generosity? One last thing. If you're struggling with this message, this whole concept, let's pray about it together. On that card, there's some ways that you can respond there. Uh, being faithful, deciding to commit yourself, uh, maybe even online like you heard those guys, or if it's a struggle, I guarantee you I'll make a list of those names and I will be praying for you about your generosity because it matters to God.